as we continue our, our series, you say, Pastor, we've been talking about this clarion call for quite some time. Well, honestly, uh, the, the truth never gets old. And there's so many uh, places in the Word of God that we can come to, that we can talk about the Word of God, the truth. But as we think about this matter, I've entitled tonight's Bible study, Dare to Be a Daniel. Dare to Be a Daniel. And uh, hopefully, how many of you are familiar with Daniel in the Bible, some of the things with Daniel? And uh, I tell you, the more I study Daniel, the more I not only come to love Daniel, but I, become, I come to love what Daniel stood for. And, and we'll talk about that tonight, but we live in a day where I know that you know if you've been looking at the news or, uh, you know, whatever form, whether it's on TV or internet or whatever, read the newspaper. We live in a, we're living in a time right now where we're heading closer to uh, an election where, where uh, you know, they've got this, I don't even know what they're calling it now other than they're trying to impeach or whatever they're trying to do. But we're living in a day where people are trying to find dirt on others. I mean, that's all they're trying to do is find something that is sticking to someone. But you know, when I, when I look at Daniel, you know what I find? No dirt. <laughs> There's nowhere in the Bible do you see any, any indication of Daniel. Now, you can look at other people in the Bible, uh, people like Abraham or Moses uh, or Noah or even David, uh, that there were incidents that happened in their lives now, again, I wouldn't call it necessarily dirt like they, they do nowadays, but they had things in their lives. The Bible talks about that in our lives that God wants us to be blameless. I don't know if you, if you really understand the full biblical meaning behind that word blameless. Uh, how many of you have ever had an old uh, cooking pot that used to have handles, but it doesn't have handles anymore. Anybody, anybody remember having one? You know how difficult it is when, when you're trying to cook something and it doesn't have handles to get a hold of so that you can dump the water but keep the noodles or whatever it is in the pot? Well, that's what the word blameless means, without handles. God says, I don't want you, as my child, I don't want you to have handles in your life that people can get a hold of. Now, I realize that I've never been a skinny person. I've had handles all my life, you know, and, and, you know, I've recently had a good friend talking to me about that, and I'm always conscious about that as a pastor, but, but even in our lives, we need to make sure that, that there isn't some dirt in our lives. You know why? Because we're Christians. We represent the Lord, and when I study the book of Daniel, and I think about what Daniel stood for, I love the song, and I, I won't sing it tonight, but I, and I won't give you the verses. I probably should have had Brother Carl lead this one, but I love the chorus of the song, Dare to be a Daniel, Dare to Stand Alone, Dare to Have a Purpose Firm, Dare to Make It Known. See, it's one thing to be a Christian. It's another thing to tell someone you're a Christian or to live like a Christian. Are you with me tonight? Because a lot of times, you know, people are, they're saved, they're a Christian, but nobody knows it. Doesn't the Bible say, let your light so shine? I mean, we, we ought to be living out the Christian life. That's what Daniel did. And we got into this study probably a couple weeks ago, but 
tonight we're going to pick it up again right here in Daniel chapter number one. And I want you to see a couple aspects about Daniel and, and the kind of man that he was, which really I think is a great example for us. So notice, first of all, that Daniel exhibited a, an emphatic resistance. He exhibited an emphatic resistance. Now, what I mean by that is we, we know historically, as you study the book of Daniel, that the hour that Daniel was living in, and we, we pick it up as we turn the page from the book of Ezekiel to the book of Daniel, we, we're talking historically, biblically, Daniel lived in a time where it was very bleak for God's people. Why? Because now they had been carried off into a strange land. They were in Babylon and they were slaves. Uh, this wasn't their best days. This was some of their darkest days. Their leaders, the leadership of their, of their own people, they had been destroyed and they were surrounded by pagans. They had no rights. They had no privileges. And on top of that, they were being forced to compromise. Let me say that again. They were being forced to do things that went against what they believed, what they were taught, how they were raised. In other words, they were, they were being told, you have to do this, you have to say this, you have to eat this, you have to, comb, you have to wear this. They were living in a day where they were being forced to compromise. But I love what it says as you look, look at verse number eight, if you have your Bible there, chapter number one, what's the first two words to, to chapter, chapter one, verse eight? But Daniel. And when you look at those two words, here it is, dark day, I mean, they, they are, everything is, is, is against them. It was so dark spiritually. And, and God says, but Daniel. I want you to think about that as we get into this study tonight, because as I look at Daniel, somebody said it this way, I think it's a good, good thing. Good habits are produced from grounded hearts. Good habits. We need to have some good habits in our lives, things that would please the Lord. In our lives, we understand, and we even some of the prayer requests tonight were indicative of the fact that tests in many different forms will come into our lives. And our testimony in those tests, in other words, when we're going through it, our testimony is going to be determined by what is right or what is wrong in our hearts. In other words, what's in there. Now think about what was in the heart of Daniel before Daniel went to Babylon. See, that's why it wasn't difficult for Daniel. Why? Because Daniel was taught to stand when no one else He was taught what God says instead of what man says. See, when the tests come into our lives, what we do, the response to those tests, is going to be determined by what's in our hearts. And if listen, if, the, if we have wrong in our hearts, it's going to determine things are going to go one way, but if we have right in our hearts, it's going to determine to go a totally different way. So when I look at Daniel here, I notice that Daniel had a purposed heart. The Bible says in verse number eight, look at, look at the verse. 
the Bible says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So, you know, it, it seems that sometimes in our lives, is this not true that as a Christian, we're living the Christian life day in and day out? It seems like we're doing okay, like we're, we're, we're kind of just making our way as a Christian, but then all of a sudden, it's exam day. A test comes into our life. This has happened to many of us. Now, a test is not always a piece of paper that you pick up a pen or a pencil and you write things on. And when our, when our listen, I remember as I taught for many, many years that, that students were fine. They'd come into the class, you'd see them walking in with their coffee and they're just real nonchalant and everything's just fine. But then, boy, on, on test day, about a fourth of them wouldn't show up for class. And, and about another half of, in other words, half of the class that did come, it was evident they were not prepared. They would say to me, you know, uh, Mr. Keeley, it, it'd be fine with us if you put this test off. Some of them would say, they literally would say to me, we're okay if you really don't even want to give the test. There were, there were teachers, that, my colleagues, that I, that, I would, that I worked alongside of, that they actually would give in sometimes to the students. And they would say, okay, you know what, we won't. And I'm like, what kind of teacher is that? Teachers need to test their students. Well, you know what God's going to do to us? God's going to test us. Now, does God tempt you for good or for bad? For good, right? See, God loves us. Don't view the test as bad things. By the way, I never had a problem when it came test time. You know why? Because I tried to prepare myself. Now, sometimes you'd get a teacher that would give you one of those pop tests or a pop quiz. Those were always unnerving. But when you look at what, what Daniel was doing here, look, as Christians, we many times are doing well, but when the tests come, what do we do? The flesh is weak. And as a result of the flesh, we compromise, we give in. Hey, listen, not everybody, not everybody was like Daniel. There were many of his friends and many of his people that didn't stand like Daniel did in his day. See, we're not talking about them tonight. We're talking about the example God gave us, and the example is Daniel. Dare to stand alone. There wasn't many people standing doing what Daniel was doing in his day when the test came. And we can only pass the test of life as we allow, watch this, we allow God's word to come into our lives and into our hearts. We need, listen, you need, can you tell the difference in your life when you've had your devotion and when you haven't had your devotions? I certainly can. Some, some days I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm really bad about this. I'll come and I'll sit down and I'll just dig into my work. And through, somewhere in the day, God will say, you know, you haven't spent time with me. And sometimes my work is God's work. And sometimes I'll say, God, I've been studying the Bible all day. And he'll say, 
Yeah, you've been doing that for messages. You've been doing that for this. You've been doing that to teach Sunday school. But you haven't spent any personal time with me. There's a difference. You know, I recently had one of our men ask me about trying to help his children. And he was asking me about doing family devotions and, and, and all this. And I told him, I said, you know the best thing you could do? I said, if you would just read and study and have your devotions, I guarantee you, God's going to give you something out of your devotions to give to your family. And you know what will happen when you read and study your Bible and have your devotional time with God? Throughout the day, God's going to give you opportunities to use what he gave you that morning to give to someone else. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It happens. It's amazing. Now, now let's reverse that. When you don't have your devotions, you have this much to give to people. That's why Daniel, Daniel purposed in his heart. And look at this, we've got to allow God's word in. The psalmist said, thy word, thy word have I hid. Do you think Daniel took his Bible with him to Babylon? In his heart, he wasn't carrying no scroll. But I'll tell you what he did was what his mommy and daddy gave him. He had it hidden in his heart. That's why it's so important that we have God's word because you're not always going to have your King James Bible. You're not always going to have your New Testament with you, but you, you do need to have God's word. Look, at if, if for no other reason, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not, what? Sin against thee. Hey, if nothing else, it, it'll keep us on the right track. That's why when Daniel, look, Daniel, he, made a, he, he had an emphatic resistance. How could Daniel emphatically resist what was being forced upon him? Well, he had a purposed heart. I look in the Bible, the, Solomon in his day, God gave Solomon, and we know all about Solomon. Solomon with all these wives and concubines, I, I just, I don't even understand that. I don't fathom that, you know? But, but here's the thing is, God gave him children and 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 solomon knew that his son was going to how many of you know that your children either have or will face tests right and as a parent isn't that kind of a fearful thing but you know i i've realized over time that I, listen i can't face their tests for them you know why because they're their tests you know you they had it on the news again this morning all these parents that paid thousands of dollars for their kids to get into university. And now they're facing jail time. Hey, let those kids learn on their own. They need to take their own test. So Solomon has a son, and he decides, you know what? And God immortalized it. God gives him the words to write down. And notice what it says here in Proverbs chapter 6, how he gives instructions to his son. Why did he give these instructions? Because he knew his son was going to face test in life. Look at his words, and I think they're good for us. My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart. Tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp. And the law is light 
and reproofs of instruction are the what? Way of life. Hey, listen, I think Solomon was giving his son some pretty good instruction there. He was saying, you know what's the most important thing, son, for your life? God's word, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me and for my children and my children's children. It's not some book of man. It's the word of God. And that's what he was telling. Look, Daniel had a purpose heart. Every generation, when you study it out, every generation faces tests and every generation has the opportunity to compromise. My generation, the generation before me, the generation coming up after me, they all face tests. They all have opportunity to compromise. Children are either going to follow their parents or new Christians are going to follow older Christians. Uh, sometimes people follow their pastor. Look, we're going to follow people. We must have the understanding that we've got to set the pace. Why? Because there's others coming behind us. You know who those others are? They could be Guslet's boy, who could be tomorrow's Daniel. We have no I tell people that teach our children here at church many times, Hey, listen, you have no idea who that little boy or who that little girl is sitting in your class. What God can do with them. And we have got to understand the importance. Well, how is that going to happen? We've got to do like Daniel did. We've got a purpose in our heart. And we've got to, we've got to have an emphatic resistance when people start to try to change the truth. As 21st century Christians, look, we are, mark it down, we are facing tests in this 21st century and how we respond to these tests. So what kind of tests are you talking about? Hey, listen, are they not continuing to try to water down the word of God? Are they not trying and trying and trying to make the church look more like the world? I mean, a lot of churches have quit evangelizing. They don't share the gospel. Yet the Bible says that ye are to be witnesses unto me. And yet we are, we are neglecting, we are rebelling against the very promises and the very truths of the Word of God. And listen, I'm going to tell you that as we respond or how we respond to these tests that we are facing in the 21st century, you know what it's ultimately going to do? It's going to influence the next generation. Let me ask you this. If we're not doing it now, do you think our children are going to do it? No. People never rise higher than leadership. That's why we have to understand how important it is. Look, look at, and I love the book of Hebrews, especially chapter 11. Look at these verses here. As you think about having an emphatic resistance and a purposed heart, the Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, look at these words, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches 
than the treasures in Egypt. And by the way, you study it back in that day, and in many of those uh, that time period, the treasures of Egypt were amazing how rich Egypt was at that time as far as worldly goods. But the Bible says of Moses that he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Hey, listen, would God give us today some Daniels and some Moses who say, look, I don't want to identify with the world. I, I, look, I've purposed in my heart that I'm going to keep my purpose firm. I'm going to live my life by the truth of the word of God. And listen, when you think about Daniel with this resistance, I'll tell you why. It's because Daniel had a purpose in his heart. And it was God's word. Everything that he had been taught, everything that he knew was true. And he was not about to compromise. And listen, to back up that purpose heart, you know what he had? He had a pure hand. Remember what I talked about, how Daniel, did in his life, he didn't have dirt in his life. Look what it says in verse number 9 of chapter number 1. It says that these words. Now God had brought uh, Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Now Daniel backed up that, that, that heart that had a purpose with a pure hand. The world, I mean, look, I, I, you need to understand this tonight and every day of your life, the world doesn't respect talk, doesn't have a walk. You see, I can talk it all day long, but if I'm not living it, if I'm not walking it, they're going to say, you know what, I don't respect you. I'm not going to listen to you. You say this about being a, a child of God, but listen, everything you do is just the opposite. And we've got to walk the walk. Our theology, what we believe, it has to be mixed with what we call life. People need to see the way you live matches your beliefs, your convictions. Good beliefs without good behavior will never impact the world. Matthew, look at Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Years ago when I was, I got saved when I was 20 and I, I was working construction, and I, I enjoyed what I was doing. I, honestly, I'd still be doing it today. I, I really did enjoy what I was doing. I got up every day. I loved doing it. I got 10, 11 years. I got to work with my dad. And, uh, and then God, God began to work in my heart. God began to deal with me about, about full-time ministry, about preaching the gospel. And God changed some things in my life, and I, I knew that uh, physically, I had some shoulder problems. I, I, I think I tore my rotator cuff, and I didn't want to have the surgery. And then God began to show me, and it was all his plan. I eventually stepped out of the construction. But when, when God had me step out of it, he put me in to this company that was a building supply company. So it was much of the same type of, of environment, but it was more on a selling side. It was more dealing with products. And, and so I began to work in the office. I'd go out into the field. I would go out where the, we were selling the stuff. It was being installed in homes. But when I was back in the office, all the people that I worked with, I was the only Christian. 
The place was called C. Bennett Building Supply. And I, I, look, I didn't, I didn't walk around, you know, with my, my big family Bible in my arm, but I told people that I was a Christian. And some of you have probably experienced this, and the, 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 the mockery that I received just from trying to live a, a life that, that was pure in the sight of God. Now, again, I wasn't perfect, and I don't claim that, but I, I tried to live in a way that was pleasing to the Lord, and and all the people that I work with back in that day, and I'll, I'll date myself, maybe you've heard of this, but they had something back then, they had these huge places, they called it country line square dancing or something like that, and you'd go to the, these huge places, they said, I never went to one of them, but they, they said that they were just this big open thing on the inside, and they'd do all this, this line dancing, kind of country style, whatever it was, and they would go to these places, and every time they would go, of course, not only did they dance, but they drank. And I knew all that. I was saved out of, uh, out of a lot of that type of stuff. And, and so I just knew that it wasn't a place where a Christian ought to go. And so when they all started talking about it at work, I, would, I wouldn't say anything. And then one of them eventually, on purpose, in front of the rest of them, would say, hey, listen, why don't you come with us? And I would just politely say, well, that's okay. I, I, I'm not interested. And then again, it would just ramp up they would begin to just make fun call me names all those types and it was it was hurtful but guess what honestly it didn't bother me because i realized that they were unsaved people and and when i when i i I think about that i think back to my life look i didn't preach to them or condemn them but i tried to do what daniel did i just tried to stand for god i just tried to stand on what i knew was which was right because i'm going to tell you ungodly people they're always, always, you probably have experienced this, ungodly people are always going to try to catch you doing something that would compromise your testimony. They're always going to try to catch you so that they can go, see, see, I knew. In other words, you say one thing, but when the tests come, what do you do? You compromise. See, that's why a lot of people struggle with Daniel, because the test came, but guess what? Daniel didn't compromise. Because he had a purpose heart and he had a pure hand. As Christians, what do we need to do? The the Bible tells us that we need to walk circumspectly. You know what that word means? Carefully. Because as you you think about the world we're living in, we need to make sure that our, our walk is backing up our talk. And it's for sure Daniel's did. So Daniel took an emphatic stand. He resisted what they were trying to do to him and those that came with him from his land. And so Daniel had a purpose heart and a pure hand. But notice, secondly, Daniel, what did he do? He invoked an earnest request. Look back in verse number 8. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs, that he, he might not defile himself. Daniel was in captivity. Many believe that Daniel's parents were probably killed in the raid when, when Babylon came and, and took them away. The king did. They were placed again in this pagan culture. They were commanded. They weren't asked. They were commanded to participate in things that were forbidden to them. 
But there was, in Daniel's, you could study this passage and look through the entire book, there was no bitterness or anger in Daniel's heart. Isn't that amazing? You don't, you don't pick up on any of that, that Daniel was angry or that Daniel was bitter. Now, isn't it easy when, when, when everything just seems to reverse in our lives and things aren't going the way we want them to, isn't it easy for the flesh to just rear up and to get bitter or to get angry at someone or even sometimes at Why would you allow this to happen? There was nothing displayed in his disposition. But notice four things about him. Look at this. Daniel had a courteous resolve. Instead of getting upset, getting frustrated, Daniel took this as an opportunity, an opportunity to do what? To identify with his Savior. Look what it says, Peter writes about this, 1 Peter chapter 2, look at verse 19. For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, Daniel wasn't doing bad. He wasn't doing anything wrong. Peter says, when you, when you are doing well and you suffer for it and you take it patiently, this is, look at these three words, acceptable with God. For even hither, here to, hereunto, were ye called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. You know what that means? Everything that I just read there, Jesus endured. He endured such contradiction against himself. Look, he who was without sin, Daniel was following the steps of his Savior. He had a courteous resolve. One of the greatest statements about Jesus is found in John 1.14. Look at this. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, and Jesus was full of what? Grace and truth. With all that was going on in his life, Jesus was full. He had the right spirit. Listen, when we take our position, even as a Christian, even as a Bible-believing Christian, we need to make sure that we have the right spirit, the right attitude. That's why Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, and he said these words, speaking the truth, anybody know how the rest of it goes? In love. Why well, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. Well, go ahead. You don't have much left. You know what? You speak to people that way harshly. If Daniel would have spoken harsh back, his testimony would have got flushed down the toilet. But Daniel had the right disposition. He had the right spirit. He spoke the truth, I believe, in a way that honored God. See, I, I find that Daniel, as he makes this request, he had a courteous resolve. Notice, secondly, he had a clean resume. We talked about this, but the Bible says this, that Daniel had favor with the prince of the eunuchs, the one that was in charge of them. God, just like Joseph in the Old Testament, God gave him favor. When you look later on in the book of Daniel, you know what you find in Daniel chapter number 6? The enemies of Daniel, they were trying to find fault 
you know, they were like all these people against the president. And I'm, listen, I'm not saying the president is, is innocent. I don't know what he is. But, but they, were, they were looking for something that they could find fault. And look what it says in your notes there, Daniel 6, verse 3. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set, set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. You know what Daniel was? He was, he was a great example of what a Christian ought to be. There was no fault found in him. Remember what Pilate said? You know, Pilate said, I find no fault in him, talking about Jesus. And that's the way our lives need to be. Daniel had a clean resume. Our testimony needs to give people the right opinion about God. Listen, when they watch your life and mine, what they see in us is what they're going to think about God. Boy, isn't that a staggering thought. Look what the Bible says here in Philippians chapter 1. Let your conversation, your lifestyle be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, whether I come to see you or else be absent, that I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Well, would to God that be said about our church, that we're standing fast, that we're standing together for the faith of the gospel. If the only thing somebody knew about Christianity is what they saw in your life, what would be their opinion of God? Most people don't read their Bibles. Most people don't own a Bible. Most people don't listen to sermons, but I'll tell you what they do do. They watch your life. They watch my life. And see, one thing that helped was Daniel had a clean resume. But notice, we, thirdly, we see that Daniel had a concerned reluctance. Look at verse number 10. Look at the Bible says in verse number 10 of Daniel 1. The prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king. This is what the prince said. I fear my lord the king who hath appointed you meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. So when you, when you see this, you see there on the, on the part of the prince of the eunuchs, he had a concern, reluctance. Look, as Christians, we shouldn't be surprised by sometimes what happens is the world becomes very skeptical about who we are and what we do. Daniel makes this request, and to Daniel, the request that he made, that he would not, he would not give in to what they wanted him to do. Daniel, he knew in his heart, it wasn't too far-fetched what he was asking. Because he knew that God could help him through this situation. But to the prince of the eunuchs, he thought Daniel's request was absurd. And certainly, as we just read in verse number 10, he thought it was dangerous to disobey the king. Now, I think it's evident that the prince of the eunuchs, he highly regarded Daniel. He had respect for Daniel, for who he was. But notice that he thought, Daniel, this isn't worth your life, and especially my life, to disobey the king's command. 
God is not shocked, as you see there in your notes, that lost people act lost. That doesn't shock God. What, look at this. God is shocked when saved people act lost. Sometimes Christians don't act like Christians. Daniel was taking a stand for God. The prince couldn't comprehend. Why in the world would you risk your life for your convictions? You know, when I think about that statement, risking your life for your convictions, you know what word comes to my mind? The word martyr. That's people who have given their lives for the faith of the gospel of Jesus. In other words, when they were told either you recant or we're going to tie you to that stake and we're going to burn you to death. They said they'd tie me to the stake because I will not deny my Lord. I will not recant on what the word of God has to say. See, there was a reluctance on the part of this prince. The Bible says, as you think about this prince and who he was, so many that we see in the world today, 1 Corinthians, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. See, an unsaved person can't understand uh, Bible convictions, why we live the way we live. By the way, let me remind you, before you got saved, you and I didn't understand it either. We didn't understand why somebody would go to church. Uh, listen, a lot of times people go to church two times a year. You crazy Baptists don't just go every Sunday. You go Sunday, Sunday night, sometimes you go on Wednesday night. People just don't do that. See, the natural man doesn't understand. What do you mean you give 10% of your income to the, to the church? Well, I don't give 10% of my income to the church. I give it to the Lord. They don't understand that either. See, our convictions will not make sense to a lost culture. They would rather compromise than to be comfortable. God did not call us to be comfortable God called us to conform to his image. And that's what Daniel was doing. He was conforming his life to what God would have for all of his children. And listen, I know Daniel lived before the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm going to tell you something. He gave us a great example in the Old Testament. We today in the 21st century ought to live our lives. Look at letter D there. Daniel, fourthly, was willing to take a confident risk. Look at these verses and we'll be done. Look at verse number 11, Daniel chapter 1. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat as thou, as thou seest deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them 10 days. I love this little statement. Somebody said, all of the what's, the where's, and the how's of life are a risk until you know the who of life. That's what Daniel and those that were with him were saying is, look, listen, we know that our God is able that God can see us through this. It made no sense to them to believe that if you're going to be on a vegetable diet and water, that you're going to be in better shape 10 days later than people that are eating a protein diet of the kings, 
along with everything else that came along with it. But listen, does not the Bible say that we are to walk by faith and not by sight? That's what they were doing. It wasn't the diet, it was the divine that made the difference. (laughs) Think about that. I think that's what's wrong with so many of us today in America is we're eating processed foods. We're eating things with all these additives. That's not the way our body was designed. That's why so many people have started eating differently. That's why Burger King came out with a new burger that's not a burger, you know? (laughs) I mean, listen, we need to understand that faith is all about taking some confident risk. When you read Hebrews chapter number 11, you know the two words you keep seeing over and over and over again? By faith. You know what it means to do something by faith? It means to take a confident risk. You're trusting God. You're walking by faith and not by sight. Certainly, we live in a day where people want to preview something before they hit the print button. Hey, I ought to know what I'm talking about. I grew up in Missouri, the show me state. Everybody wants to see it before they'll believe it. But Daniel says, listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you want to see it, then prove us. He says, you see how God will, will, will help us. What was he doing? He was living out this verse, without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The Bible doesn't say that it is unlikely to please him. It says it's impossible to please him without what? Without faith. Look at this verse, Romans 14, 23. He that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is what? Is sin. That verse, when I look at it, if I'm understanding it, to live by what we can see or what we can figure out is to live in sin. The Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Look, we don't need more boat riders. You know what God wants? He wants more water walkers. People that'll get out of the boat. Well, you don't understand. There's nothing there. Exactly. That's what Daniel was doing. And those that were with him, they were trusting God by faith. That God, Listen, God let them come into this land, and they were trusting God as they were there. They were taking a stand for the Lord. Where is the Christian today that would dare to be a modern day Daniel who would purpose in his heart or in her heart not to compromise and then back that up by keeping themselves pure for God? Who will keep the right spirit and have an attitude that is honoring to the Lord that will live by faith and not by sight? This little statement, look at it. God is looking for champions, not chameleons. Let's be true Christians. Let's dare to be a Daniel. Dare to have a purpose firm. Dare to make it known. Let's pray tonight. Lord, thank you again for a tremendous example of Daniel as we cannot even in in any measure imagine what this young man and many of his friends went through but boy I sure can understand and I can sure think about what he did and how he stood 
very tall for you in that day. And he did not give in, but he had a purpose firm in his heart. He had a life that was pure. He had such a sweet spirit and, and the right disposition. Lord, he, he really did not get angry and bitter towards those. He was a, he was a tremendous testimony for you. And I really believe, even though we don't see it in the pages, I believe there were many whose lives were, were influenced for good and not bad because of Daniel and those like Daniel. And I pray that you'd help us to live in our day in such a way that as we go to work, we, we work among ungodly, wicked people, that you would give us the grace to stand and that we would by faith trust you and that our lives would influence those around us for good. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.